Off the ball. The last battle in the Ronaldo-Messi war mm. was that World Cup and uh, Ronaldo lost it and then, then he ended up at like an Al Nasser. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. I'm excited about this. We get to preview the two finals, the uh, Munster and Leinster Hurling finals with Tommy Walsh. Tommy, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, good morning, lads. Before we get Seems into the... like a, a great morning, like looking forward to these two provincials. Like, how many times, Jerry, have we said, is this the best hurling year ever? And it <laughs> seems like we're saying that again. Like, what a month of the championship so far. I know that the Leinster Championship, I suppose, hasn't... It's been probably in the shadows, but the Munster Championship has been phenomenal so far this year. And go down to the Gaelic grounds now for kind of a home Munster final for Limerick to try and do the five in a row. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, I wonder will Claire think maybe we shouldn't have given them the home field for the five in a row? Yeah, listen, I suppose there's many ways of looking at it, but in recent times, anyway, I suppose Claire have you know positive experiences. Well, positive experience, I suppose, in the Gaelic grounds, which was only a few weeks ago against Limerick, and there's not too many teams with positive experiences against Limerick. I was looking at the results since um, Brian Lowen came on board. And if you go back to, he came in born in say, late 2019. 2020, they went to Turles, Limerick Hammer Clare. 22 then, they didn't play each other in 21. 22 then, they went to Ennis, it was a draw. 22, they went to Turles for the Munster final. Limerick have won. So, and this year in the Gaelic Grounds. So their only positive experiences really have been either in Ennis or in the Gaelic Grounds. So why not? And Brian, Brian Lohan is fearless. And the way a manager is or the leader of your pack is, usually the rest will follow. And they've followed him since probably, what, 93, 94, when things weren't going so well. Turned it around and did in that Munster final in 1995 and went on and achieved legendary status. And he was probably, you know, the main leader of that team. There's many leaders on that team, but he was definitely one of them. And I'd say they would follow this lad to the ends of the earth. And if he says, let's go to the Gaelic grounds and beat Limerick, and like they're going for history, um, I'd say they will just to, to take the hand and all off them. And I don't think whether they win or lose, I don't think this will really matter because they didn't win, didn't beat them Turles either, didn't beat many or else. So why not try and go down? Like there is, is it John Conlon is closer to the Gaelic Grounds than he is to Ennis? Um, you know. So listen, I'd say go down, take him on, and, and see where it goes. I think the other thing is that um, the ticket should be 50-50, so it's not, it's not a traditional home game. It's a home venue and the advantage of that home venue, but the other big advantage is that the supporters are always, like, you know, they, they're supposed to outnumber the uh, away supporters. In this case, that's not, that shouldn't be the case because it's a, you know, technically it's a, a Munster fixture as opposed to a Limerick fixture, so um, that dilutes the advantage a little bit. Yeah, it does, um, I suppose. Have Limerick kept a few tickets in the in the drawer inside some <laughs> office you know it, you wouldn't find any fault in that either really you know because so that's the whole crack of it but um, like I was down at the the, the, the game in the, the round robin and that was I suppose a home fixture for Limerick it didn't feel like it regards to supporters it felt like there was many clear supporters there as there was Limerick because um, see you can't be a derby chair in a farm players, confidence, everyone goes out the window for, for a derby. It's pure tension, pure pressure, pure nerves that you just, it's, it's like an All-Ireland final really. Every derby game you play in, 
It's the same intensity, same pressure, same, I suppose, bragging rights start on the line here. And if you can, you know, hurl in a derby, a hurl in an All-Ireland final, like you can hurl anywhere. And they're the players that we'll see step up, I suppose, on Sunday. Like it's usually the greats uh, step up. And like looking at Limerick, like we, we, it's getting nearer and nearer now to these to these records that we, we spoke of earlier on in the year. I was looking at the, so we're in, they're going for the five in a row. The only team other than Limerick to do this has been Cork. Three times they've done it, 0-1 to 0-5, 1975 to 79, 1982 to 86. All the great players, great managers have done this. No other team in Munster has done it. Uh, people are, go back to the team of the 40s, um, the, the, the four-in-row All-Ireland winning team. They didn't even win the five Munsters because the foot and mouth hit in 1941. And they, they beat, they beat um, Cork beat Limerick. And they were supposed to play Tipperary, said they were supposed to play Tipperary, but Tipperary and Kenny weren't allowed in because of the foot and mouth. So they, they played Limerick to, to see who won and played Dublin in, in the All-Ireland final. They went on and won. This is with Jack Lynch and Christy Ring and the lads. They went on and won that All-Ireland final. But they came back then in, in October when the, the restrictions eased off and Tipperary bet them in the Munster final. So... Like there's amazing, amazing history involved in this match Sunday that they might be talking about in 40, 50 years time. Like the, the All Ireland winning or the Munster winning managers, top of that list, Justin McCarthy with six. Like it's you know brilliant. Justin would have managed in our time, like with Watford and before that with Cork. After that, then it was Bertie Try has five and Bab Skeeton, and then you're down to um, our man now, uh, John Kylie. He's down with four and can no O'Brien and Cork. Like. So if Kylie wins as manager this weekend, he goes up to five to join to join Bertie Try and and Babs. Like it's amazing stuff. And I was interested to see then the players. So if if, if the Limerick players go on and win five, you know, Manly will win five this weekend. The record is ten. And I was looking at them, John Dyle, like you know, Hell's Kitchen, the great temporary team of the sixty. He is ten. Jimmy Barry Murphy is ten. These are legendary hurlers that speak of in dec- different eras, de- different decades. Down then you have nine, you have Christy Ring, Jimmy Dyle, Charlie McCarthy, the great Charlie McCarthy, Gerald McCarthy, Ray Cummins, Johnny Crowley, and then three lads are on, on eight, with Donnie Neal and Tom Casham and Dermot Curtin. So like, if these lads win five, they're suddenly closer again to these amazing numbers. And, um, you know, and Claire going to go down to that backyard and, and they're probably the best equipped team to take him on at this present time, Jack. The Clare team this year versus the team last year that got so close to them, it feels like everybody is available and playing well at the same time, which very rarely happens. And I'm sure there are some players who are slightly off their absolute peak, but largely it seems like we've arrived in a situation where, from Clare's perspective, this is as good a shot as they're ever going to have. It is because to be kind of the champions like this, you need good forwards. And this Clare team has good forwards. You have Shane O'Donnell, you have Rogers, you have, um, you know, sure, the great Tony Kelly, obviously, Peter Duggan. So, you know, Dave Fitzgerald, Mark Kyle Hayes, they have the forwards to take on this, this Limerick team. And we, we spoke about before the championship started. Um, does anybody have, I suppose, the, the blueprint to take on this, this Limerick team? And in fairness to, to Watford in the first game, they probably showed how to get at him. And that was you had to go up and mark their defenders. You know, the Sean Finn, Dan Morrissey's, but especially the, the half-back line of 
Dermot Burns, Kyle Hayes and Declan Hand, I suppose Barry Nash as well, where these guys that were as good on the ball as most guys' best forwards. And most teams up to now have been going with spare defenders or midfielders holding them back. Towards Water went up and took them on at the far end of the field. So they're definitely the best team that we have seen, best defenders we've seen to come out with the ball in transition and not lose it. And they went on, didn't give them the chance to do that. Nearly beat them, probably should have beat them in the first round. And then Clare took them on down the Gaelic grounds. And I watched, like, there were so many times in that game where Galan and, and Seamus Flanagan were in on their own uh, with 60 yards of space, two of them versus two Clare defenders. Many people would say that's a high risk. But was there not high risk going the other way where everybody had been beaten by Limerick? So um, I think you're, you're right. I think this clear team in the form they're in and the players they have now is the best chance to beat Limerick. Tommy, would you expect Clare to adopt a similar enough game plan to that game uh, at the Gate Grounds the last time out or is it adapt or die against this Limerick team? Yeah, you see, I think the biggest challenge, I think they'll go with the same, Shane, um, because I think it's the only way to beat Limerick because you, you just can't let Burns. We've seen Burns in the last couple of games, man of the match scoring three and four points from play. We've seen what Kyle Hayes has done in probably second halves of games where he was given that bit of freedom up he goes up and down the line and he's clearing loads of ball you have to go up beside him so that when the ball breaks it's a 50-50 and it's up to you to you know fight to win that ball like 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 most championship games are won like up to probably this Limerick team came on board where it was mostly possession but I think to beat them you have to go back so I think they definitely will do that Shane the biggest challenge for them though is as I said Galan and Flanagan are inside. They're the two Limerick forwards that have never, their curve has never went down. They've been nearly on an upper curve since the league. Towards most of the other Limerick players probably have been, you know, searching for that bit of form and searching for that bit of confidence. Well, if the two of them are inside, it was, I'd say it was probably Rory Hayes was inside on Flanagan. But Flanagan played very well that day. He scored 2-1. But on Galan is probably the marquee guy. And Cleary was on him, Connor Cleary. And he went off with a, a bad shoulder injury, you know, in one of the last games. So it's going to be tough. I think they're going to be up against it. If, if Whether Cleary's playing or not, it's a physical game. And if he's a shoulder injury, it wasn't that long ago. I think they will find it tough if, either way. That's one of the things that's been utilised or, or used in, in the conversation about Limerick has been their strength and depth and how the bench has always helped them. But I suppose, Tommy, the Clare panel as well has caught up like you saw Aaron Shatter come off the bench and score a couple of crucial points in that last win against Limerick as well so teams like Clare are catching up and, and certainly from the 50th 55th minute on you know that they have the players as well to, to change the game Yeah and Shatter he's, he's a huge addition in, in the form he's in because with say Sean Finn gone like you, you have Mike Casey in there now and you know, he's a smaller... Well, Finn wasn't too big either, but listen, he was just a genius of a cornerback. Like, as was a Jackie said, you go into Sean Finn's dungeon when you go into that corner and there's not too many lads come out of it. But Mike Casey in there, Shannon went there and there in the last couple of minutes, the last day, and scored a couple of great points. He has that huge size advantage. He has that huge height advantage. So when the game is in the melting pot in the last probably 10 minutes, they will probably show Shannon in and... Ian Galvin is a super player as well to score. He scores a lot of goals. So like they'll probably put him in at some stage if he's not starting. Probably he probably will start, but he's inside and he's a danger man too. So yeah, absolutely. I think Claire have the, the panel now to to go on and 
you know, cause serious uh, troubles for, for Limerick. Serious troubles, but maybe not win from the sounds of what you're saying? Yeah, no, I, th- I don't think so. Um, I think the Cleary one is what, what changes it for me. Um, I just feel Limerick, since the league, like, if you go back and remember their form in the league, like, it was like Ray Keane, Keane and Turin versus Juventus. They were just in the flow, this magical flow. Uh, we've all had these games that don't have to happen too many times in your career or over that long a period where no matter where you go, the ball just follows you, Jer. And you cannot explain it with tr- things you've done in training or fitness. It's just games happen where the ball follows you. You could be down in your hunkers looking up, wait, waiting for a break. Next minute the ball comes in, you just catch it. Or it could hit off your shin. Another day it went to the back of the net. This time it pops up into your hand. In this league, I felt Limerick, because if you go through individually their players, there weren't too many of them playing 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10, but the team as a group were just in the flow, where they were beating everybody really, really you know, easily, probably in the end, playing around with the ball. And since then, their players have been, I felt, just searching for form, where they had to work for it and wasn't really happening. Like You look at their great players of Keane Lynch, Garod, Hegarty, like just couldn't really get into the game. And um, But the last day against Cork, I just felt it turned to probably corner. That was a Cork team. Like We've seen the one three under 21 all Ireland now over four years. Cork are on, even out of Munster, they're still, their they're people are happy with how, you know, the direction, the team and, and, and the squad is going. And they played very well last game, but Limerick also, they were able to beat him and start finding a bit of form. Hegarty started finding a bit of form. Keane Lynch, although he only came on, he's, he won a few vital possessions in the last four or five minutes. And I think with them players come back into form, with the history that's on the line, with the, the derby-type nature of the game, with what happened there a couple of weeks ago in the Gaelic rounds, I just think there'll be no mad Al Pacino-type speeches needed in the dressing room. I'd say you could just let them buys into it and on they'll go. So I think it'll be tight, but I just think Conor Cleary, that injury is what shades it for me. Um, the, the the physicality of this Limerick team as well, Tommy, like there was some very interesting comments from, from John Kiley this week as well. He was saying the narrative around Limerick being a physical team is a load of nonsense. Uh, he was saying, how is that measured? What do you do? You're 80 pounds heavier a team. What is it like? I don't see any measurements that would stack up. He was kind of saying that there's this perception that Maybe just because the Limerick team are, are taller than other teams, that that's that's what it is. Do you think Limerick are physical, more physical and more of a physical presence than other teams? Yeah, no. Well, um, say naturally, yes. But regards mentality, no, because they are absolutely in the play on the edge or wherever the edge may be. I don't mind, but they, they go for every ball with very you know little fear of of you know if 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 someone's in the way, that's just what happens. Like you know, and I just think. Because they're champions, that's where the scrutiny is. Like I've said here and said before, the, 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 the teams coming up against Limerick, they're probably even more physical, you know, more playing more on the edge. But nobody notices because and no one picks out the instance where there's a late tackle or a late pull because no one ever does for the underdogs. And Limerick are the favourites, they're the champions, they're the team everyone wants to take down. So all the scrutiny is on when an incident happens when they're involved. But when Tipperary took them on, they were unbelievable physical and they unbelievably played in the edge. When Clare took them on down the Gaelic grounds, it was incredible uh, to watch the game, say, not looking at television cameras. So if the, if the shoe had to be an underfoot, we, we, we'd be saying, you know, you know you'd, be, you'd be taking into consideration the other teams. Are, are they playing on the edge? Are they over-physical? 
So I would agree 100% with John Kylie. I see 99% of the time them Limerick players, they go for that ball as if their lives depend on with the ball only. And hurling is such a fast game. You know, a sidestep here or a mistimed tackle here, it looks it looks terrible. But there's so many cameras at games, Shane. Like, you know, it's just unbelievable. You pick up every mistake and that's the way hurling is. Like, shoulder to shoulder. People want the shoulder to shoulder. In my view, that can't happen anymore. Because you miss time in one second, you're gone. It's a, it's, it's you know, a shoulder into the chest or the head or some way sign. And then players are going down now because, like, at one stage of forward, right, a back comes in and is is being physical on him, Shane. Uh, he's never pulled on that really, you know, pulling the jersey or dragging him down to the ground or giving him a, maybe you know a, a little dig, not to hurt him, ratting like that, but just and a forward one time could defend himself. You know, I give it back to the to, to the defender. But now, if he does that, he some camera will pick him up, or a linesman, or an umpire will get a red card. So that's why you're now seeing forwards going down that bit more because they know their choice and they're going down to draw attention to the uh, to, to the to, from the referee to the incident. But no, I agree 100 percent with John Kiley. But they definitely have a huge size advantage. Like sure, there's four or five and six foot five, and there's probably ten or eleven and more over six foot one. You know? Yeah, that helps like, uh, to give you one. Uh, that helps. <laughs> that helps. Like I, I didn't mark Wally Welch too many times, Walter from Kenny, but say a couple of times I marked him in training. And like the only way to get the ball off Walter was to get the ball before he does. I heard Paul Murphy even referencing it during the week with the great players, Joe Hanning, Steve Reeves. But with Walter Welch, if you didn't get the ball first, like you're in trouble because Walter is six foot five and he's just either fling you out of the way or go around you or he in many different ways. And Limerick have four or five of them at Walter Welch, you know, so they have a huge advantage with their natural size. You look like you're in the Limerick panel yourself, Tommy, this morning with that jacket. Ah, that's me. <laughs> Go to Adidas jacket. Have about 10 years of this time, retro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing about this, right, so the, the game finished um, a draw in normal time and, and Limerick won it last year and it seemed to take a fair bit out of Clare because we didn't see them do justice to themselves. Obviously, they, they beat Wexford the next day out and then they didn't do justice to themselves against Kilkenny in the Ireland semi-final. It was a brilliant performance by Kilkenny, so it's hard to know what exactly happened. But it felt a little bit like... Limerick broke their soul in the game last year. How do how do the losers of this game make sure that they're still contenders in the All Ireland series and that they don't suffer the same fate? Is there any way of preparing for that or preventing it? I don't think so. Um, you know, like and even on the greater wider scale, Jer, like there's a lot of commentary around Leinster have it. You know, the advantage going into the All Ireland series that they're fresh going into it. But let's go back to the to thousand and was it eighteen nineteen when the round robin started? Munster teams, their Munster finalists in most cases, have won the All Ireland final. Whether that was Limerick, whether that was Tipperary, and you know nineteen, like so the Munster champions, Munster finalists, and I think once was it thousand eighteen when Limerick were they only came third place. But the Munster team has won the All Ireland final every year since the, this round robin. So. It doesn't stack up, but I hear what you're saying. You, you, your most recent memory is last year, and that's how badly, I suppose, uh, Clare performed after such a thrilling Munster final. But I've, I've always said the hardest game that you've played is after you play out of your skin and lose, or even play out of your skin and draw, 
And they played, you know, some of the best hurling that was ever played in Munster Championship in the Munster final last year. Like, they scored a sideline to draw the game from inside the 21. Like, there was magical stuff going on in, 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 in Turles last... Was it, a, it was a sudden... It was the last year, anyway. It was, it was in Turles. It was at the game, but it was a magical, magical day to be part of. So they had all these guys, Jer, clapping them on the back, telling them they're great lads, but they lost. And, like, winning trophies is where you... Like, you can talk about performing till the, till the cows come home. It's all about winning trophies. And it is. Uh, for that ultimate satisfaction. Because, yes... I played well, but we lost. Right, you feel halfway good that you performed and you didn't leave your form in the dressing room. You played with great heart. But the true satisfaction comes when you go home as champions. And, like, you know, uh, Clare, like this Clare team, they haven't felt that way probably in a long time. Now, I think the minor win last weekend will give the county a lot of hope and even take a bit of pressure off this team this weekend because it means the future is bright. But... This team won the All-Ireland in 2013. They won, was it, four under-21 All-Irelands. It was a three in a row. And it felt like they were going to go on and dominate the landscape. But they didn't even, you know, get back to Crow Park for huge, you know, a large number of years. And they, they, they haven't won a Munster Championship. And for Clare, I, I feel the Munster Championship means so much because, you know, they've won so few of them. Like when they won the All-Ireland in Player, especially Shawnee McMahon is one I really remember. He felt the ninety the, the Munster Championship victory was what meant most, and probably was uh, you know is the one he really dreamt of all his life. Probably never dreamt of winning All Ireland. So these clear players, young players, they grow up dreaming of winning Munsters, and they haven't won one yet. So I think it's it is really important for for them, for Clare especially. I think Limerick will recover no problem, but I think for Clare especially, I think. It's a big one to win. Okay, let's talk a bit about uh, going Kilkenny before we wrap up here. Um, Kilkenny's injury problems. Adrian Mullen, I think it'd be, I read somewhere it'll be a miracle for him to make it back in time. Um, his his thumb injury. It looks like Mossy Keoghan and Mikey Butler might be gone as well. Uh, are those injuries enough to swing the pendulum slightly back in Galway's favour? I think we might have lost you there, Tommy. Did we? We get that line back to Tommy. We'll just do another couple of minutes here. OTBIM live with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Hot Edition is available now. Um, so Limerick, slight favourites for the game against Clare. Uh, Go Ankle Kenny, very difficult to know where these two sides are. Mm. Had a draw. Um, I'm just trying to remember, was that? I was going to say it was Nolan Park, but it might not have been actually. Um, where Go needed a big, uh, a big comeback to get into it. And Go also needed a big comeback to get into the game against Dublin. But when they were coming back. <coughs> They looked brilliant in both games. Yeah. When they were down, they were like the real Jekyll and Hyde stuff from Galway. In um, the errors against Dublin were remarkable though from from Galway. Like yeah, twelve points down to come back is is pretty impressive. But hand in points to to the Dubs the last day. Um, certainly from from watching that game. Um, inside forwards getting a lot of space, but it's it's hard to know what to read into those previous games, especially the Kenny, the Kenny game against Wexford. Bit of a shootout, bit of chaos as well. Um, Certainly, the injuries will play some sort of role. Adrian Mullen being out is a big one, a uh, big loss for Kenny. But that's a fascinating match, uh, and it's the second game as well. So, kind of the Munster final usually would be the second game, would it? It's at, it's at one forty-five, and then four o'clock for the for the other one in Croker. So, uh, the appetite will at least be whetted 
across the afternoon. Claire, everybody's physical as Limerick, says James Coughlin or Colin, depending on what part of the country you're in. Uh, Colin McCarthy says, any close game recently has been Clare at 95% against Limerick at 75%. Both teams hit peak performance, Limerick win. But if both teams hit peak performance, you know, when have we seen Limerick on, in their peak performance recently? It's been a while. Uh, Finn is class, but Limerick have the players to replace him. Clare don't have anyone without destroying our half-back line by taking Davy Mack out of wing-back. And then uh, a couple of people pointing out that Tommy subtly nailing his colours to the mast. Hashtag Limnick Tommy wearing his Limerick colours, says David Valley and uh, Colin McCarthy in this morning. So um, Even when you are perfect, it's tough to beat Limerick. It was that Sarah Donovan was on with us after the, the Cork-Limerick match and she was saying like Le Cork hit 11 shots in the first 20 minutes of that match, scored 11 points. The score scoring accuracy was ridiculous and yet still lost the game by a point. So you can be near perfect against Limerick and still lose. Yeah, and like we, they're an all-time great team, so that, that is the crack. Um, that's what you need to do um, if you're going to see it through. Like you are going to have to beat one of the all-time great teams. We up on the phone? Yeah, okay. No, two more minutes. It's... It is. It is a, a, a like when you look at Clare not having won a Munster since '98. Though, like, it, there's more on the line for them. As as Tommy said, there. As long as you're in the Munster final, you have been in a contender for the All Ireland in previous years. Um, so Clare will just want to win one of those Munster titles. Like th- this, this Clare squad have to, at some point. Like winning the All Ireland is great in 2013, but this Clare squad. I mean, build, it's a bit building blocks, um, and the job they've done in recent years. They've been probably the closest team traditionally and, and most consistently with, with Limerick as well. We've got Tommy back on the phone. Tommy, we were talking about um, the injuries that Kilkenny have suffered, maybe swinging the pendulum back to Galway. Is is that fair? Yeah, I fully agree with that, You're 100% on the money. Like, um, I, a great host for this Kilkenny team. Like, I just felt they had the forwards. They were putting up huge, big scores. Um, even go back to the, to the Wexford game when they lost the three lads, they still scored five goals. But they're now missing Adrian Mullen, who, for me, is probably the number one Kilkenny player for the last year or two um, like watch him last year for Cobham County he was 9 out of 10 in most games he's just physically he's at his peak Harlan like there's so many of the Mullins brothers he's a younger brother he's only about 15 he's unbelievable as well Jake Mullen but it's just in their genes and he's gone like it looks like a season ending injury with his hand then Mossy Keown and Mikey Butler like Mossy was one of the farm county hurlers for Kenny for, for, for the last couple of weeks he's been outstanding since the, the Leinster round robin began Mikey Butler like he marked Tony Kelly in last year's All-Ireland semi-final he was brilliant in the All-Ireland final like he kept Sean Finn out of you know Sean Finn in brilliant form was kept out of the, the cornerback in the All-Star team only because of the sheer excellence of Mikey and even against Galway last year, I'm nearly sure he took up Carl Mannion. So, like, if definitely Mullen is out, but if the two lads are out as well, it's just a serious dent. You know, three out of 15, like a fifth of the team, and they're three of their best players in the form of their lives. So, I definitely think it swings it in Galway's favour, but this Kenny team, like, they're, they're going for four in a row themselves. Um, like, for Galway, like, in all their dominance under his levels, yeah. Um, like even since the the, the, the Kenny the, the great Kenny team that was all conquering, they finished around say zero fourteen. Most of them were gone, so they've only won three Leinster since two thousand and nine. You know we talk about all Ireland, but they, they've won this team Galway. They've only won three Leinster, so they're not easy to win. They won zero twelve, uh, seventeen, and eighteen. Then with Mialo Donoghue. So it is time that they, that they they won a, another Leinster championship because they have the players. 
um, losing the form for them at the moment. Say Dahi Burke seems to be, you know, really after growing into that centre back role, um, which has shown me that goal he scored uh, against Dublin the last year. He just wandered up the field like he does, I suppose, with the footballers. But I see him against Wexford around here. He's doing that kind of the whole time, so he needs to be tracked. And up front, are Concon and Nyland, they're the new guys. So it'll probably depend on the form of Conor Cooney and Conor Whelan. You know, Joseph Cooney has been the one probably of the older brigade has been really stepping up in the last couple of games. He's probably kept them in him the last day against Dublin. So I think it'll depend on the, the form of their players that are there probably, you know, seven or eight or nine years. I think the young fellas will, will perform. Have you seen a team be as inconsistent as Galway at, at some stage in the season put it all together and, and go on a run? I suppose what I'm wondering here, is it possible that they can get that, whatever that kink is, out of their system? Yeah, well, a match is played over 70 minutes, so I presume the inconsistency you speak of is during games um, against Kilkenny, I suppose, in all the part they went down by so much, but still came back. So I would say, from a Galway point of view, this Galway team is probably doing what other Galway teams haven't been able to do, and that is keep stay in the game, every game, until, until probably the last couple of minutes. Like one time when you're playing Galway, one day you go out and it could beat you by five or ten points. Another day, if you were beating them by five points, you'd end up beating them by ten points. Towards this Galway team, and I had a communion or a christening for the, the the last round of games uh, that Sunday. So I was watching the kind of two the games on, on television. But that, that that when Dublin went, I'd say it was ten points ahead. I just said to a couple of lads in the sitting room. I said, watch this, it's intended to go over this Galway team. They don't give up, they're always still there. And that's not just an attitude on the day, that's through sheer hard work for the previous six or eight months that gives you the confidence to perform and the fitness levels to perform for 70 full minutes. And with that, they went 12 points up Dublin early in the second half. And I said to the lads, I guarantee you the only puck of the ball in at the end. And lo and behold, we've seen what happened. They came back and threw the game, probably should have won it. So I think it is in this Galway team to stay in games. And that's what gives them a chance, uh, Jerry. Yes, inconsistent during the game. But over the course of 70 minutes, they have been probably very consistent. Like, you know, and even if you go back to last year's all Ireland semi-final, like, there was times in that Limerick game where it looked like they were going to shoot on and beat me 10 points. But no, they pulled them back and pulled them back and there was only a poke of the ball in it at the end. So Galway, slight favourite for you then? Yeah, just with the injuries, absolutely. Uh, Paul Collier, a slight favourite. All right, Tommy, good stuff. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, thanks, lad. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.